0: And so more than the gratitude thing, it's more about, okay, how can I have like the experience for the person? Like I try to get out of my own body, Mm. be in your shoes and say, okay, how, how would I want this experience to go? And just to let you know and set my intentions, when I come on your show, I want you to push the button to end your zoom when you're done and be like, holy cow, dude, that (laughs) I'm ready to run through a wall. That guy is lit up. I don't know where the hell he gets his energy from. I got to go tell people about this guy. He makes me feel like unstoppable. You know, he's my superhero. like, these are the kind of things that go through my head. It might be crazy, but that's how I approach things, man.
1: Welcome to the art of communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. What's
2: up, guys? Today I had the awesome pleasure of sitting down with Mike c Soraco. Mike is the CEO of People Building Inc., where he helps his clients achieve greatness by using their biggest setbacks as their motivations. Powerful stuff. He's author of the upcoming book, Rocket Fuel, which has a forward by Grant Cardone in it, which is quite impressive. And he's a host of the What Are You Made Of podcast. So we talked about his background and how he had to overcome a lot of really significant setbacks in his life, but how he used those to turn them into motivation, where a lot of others might have used them as reasons to validate their failure. He also talked about how he helps leaders do the same for themselves and their businesses. And at the core of that is how he helps them to drive culture change and what are the keys to starting off a culture change in a powerful way. So Mike brought a lot of energy. My biggest takeaway from him is to not care what people think about you, but care about how they experience you. And when you think about it, that is such a powerful insight for interactions. So I invite you to Check out the episode and experience Mike Searock, Sirocco for yourself. Mike, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to chat with you today, man. Thank you, Greg. Great to be here, man. I start every interview I go on with gratitude,
0: man. I want to express that. My thanks to you for having me and to your audience for showing up and listening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to be, man. Gratitude can really just transform the way you look at everything. It can be hard Without to, to practice sometimes, but it's really powerful for sure.
0: Well, that's the times that I uh, lean into it, make sure I do it when I don't feel like it, or it's not easy. Because that then I know, like, this is how you get one hundred percent participation from yourself, right? Like, if you can do it when it's hard or when you don't feel like it, you know you're going to do it when it's easy and when you feel good. So that's my little uh, life hack on doing things and get get one hundred percent participation from yourself.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I'm curious. So much about communication, right? Connecting with another person is about your mindset, I think, when you go into it, right? If you go in angry and frustrated or whatever, you're going to have one interaction versus if you go in with gratitude and happiness. So I'm curious if you've seen a big transformation in your communication with people as you've kind of shifted to this model of gratitude.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it eliminates everything that there is to complain about. But not only that, like I don't worry about what people think of me. I worry about how people experience me. And so more than the gratitude thing, it's more about, okay, how can I have like the experience for the person? Like I try to get out of my own body, mm. be in your shoes and say, okay, how would I want this experience to go? And just to let you know and set my intentions, when I come on your show, I want you to push the button to end your Zoom when you're done and be like, holy cow, dude, that <laughs> I'm ready to run through a wall. That guy is lit up. I don't know where the hell he gets his energy from. I got to go tell people about this guy. He makes me feel like unstoppable. You know, he's my superhero. like these are the kind of things that go through my head. It might be crazy, but that's how I approach things, man.
2: <laughs> I love that. I love starting with kind of the objective in mind, right? Not just, hey, I want this person to think highly of me or think I'm smart or whatever.
0: Yeah. I don't care what you think of me, Greg. I just want you to experience <laughs> me in a certain way. <laughs> so. Very cool.
2: I love it. I love it. Well, lots lot to dive in here. I think before I do though, I'd love to just get the background on kind of how you got to this point where you're so passionate about helping people and and building others?
0: I think from the start, uh, you know, I I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents together. I've been around a lot of broken people growing up, alcohol, drug addicts, depression, anxiety, like not not for me, but like people around me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't okay with it. Like I wasn't okay with people staying in that condition and not improving their condition. So, you know, they would make excuses of why they were and why they couldn't. And I just never bought into it. Like I would be thinking to myself, you know, you can buy your bullshit, but I'm not buying it. And uh, I've always been like that from a young age. And I think when I was younger, three to four years old, I remember my mom telling me, you're going to be inspiring people. You inspire me. You're a leader. And I think she programmed me that way. But subconsciously, I think she was preparing me for the tough upbringing and childhood that I was going to have, mm-hmm. and which it did. you know. And at the end of the day, I went through a lot of things. you know. From eight to 11, I decided to live with my dad because my mom was moving on to her third marriage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to move into another man's house and learn another man's rules. That man, by the way, his name was George, was some stepfather. He stepped in to be my dad at 11. Great guy. Passed away in 2019. That's a whole nother story. Great guy. I didn't leave because of him particularly. Personally, it was just the fact that it was a third husband. I, so I moved to my dad's house with his new wife. He just got married again, second marriage. And I was thinking that it would be a better situation And for three years, it started off good. But for three years, I dealt with a lot of abuse of like just mental abuse, psychological abuse, threats. I used to sleep with a baseball bat at night and because I didn't feel safe and no no kids should have to deal with that. So I went through that. And at some point I thought it was ordinary. I was thinking like, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. I, I like people deal with this stuff. Kids have to go through this. And when parents don't act like adults and they start acting like children, it dribbles down trickles down to the kids and it affects the kids and people don't think about that like adults don't think about how they're impacting the kids the way they act the way they react so at some point i realized after seeing some friends households and dude that's not the way you're supposed to grow up and so i said you know let me let me see what i can do about getting out of here so i talked to my mom after a weekend at her house coming home one weekend and i was outside of philly on these hilly roads in southeastern pennsylvania my stomach was in knots having to go back to my dad's house i just didn't want to go back there and My mom noticed what something was wrong and I shared with with her what was going on. Now, when you're in an abusive situation, for those that are listening that have been in this situation, there's a couple of things that go on. One, you don't want to share it because you're embarrassed by it for some reason that you allowed it to happen. You feel like you allowed it, you allowed it to go on. You didn't speak up soon enough. There's also a thing where you're worried about if anybody would believe you. Maybe you're just seeing it a certain way and it's not really with the way you're interpreting it. And the last one is, believe it or not, it's kind of weird, but you're worried about the abuser and what would happen to them. And so those are thoughts that went through my head. And I eventually just shared. And my mom said, you know what? That's not what you're supposed to grow up in. You're not supposed to be in that situation. That's not normal. I'm going to get you out of that. But when I file court papers, you need to stick to your guns. Because when I go do this, like you can't flip-flop. They're going to try to talk you out of it. And matter of fact, in life, when you believe in something, people are going to try to talk you out of your beliefs. Like they're going to have their own agendas that they're going to want to, and they're going to try to talk you out. Or if you're doing great and elevating yourself and they, they're they going to feel insecure. So you got to, you got to be so stick to your guns, be, be stubborn. I took it as be stubborn, be perversely unyielding. Right. And I found a word that matches that, by the way, I, I look, I like to look up definitions when I'm reading and I was reading this book over here and it said, there was a word. I thought it was inexorable, but it's inexorable, inexorable. And I looked up that word and that word means unyielding, unable to be stopped. And I thought, man, that is a freaking powerful word. So I like to be stubborn, perversely unyielding, or inexorable. That's a powerful thing when it's on the right thing. Now, if it's on the wrong thing, it's a bad thing, right? Mm. So my dad finally got served court papers after weeks of waiting. And I came home from school one day and the room, you could feel the tension in the room. Like it was, I could tell something was up. My dad had the court papers in his hand. He said, go to your room. Now, Greg, my dad was my hero. He had a masonry business, bricklayer, blocklayer, poured concrete, and like I always looked up to him for like being a hard worker. He used to carry this wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket with a rubber band around it, and I thought it was cool because he used to flash it and show us what money got. And we used to see hundred dollar bills all the time, and I thought that was the coolest thing. And you know, when he confronted me about wanting to move into my mom's house, I just stuck to my guns. I didn't get into the discussion with him, and he went on to remind me how poor my mom was and how many men went through the house. Why would you want to go into that situation? And I realized happiness was more important than than the money, more important than having stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get into the conversation with him. I just stuck to my guns and he said, okay. So he took a hundred dollar bill or the wad, a hundred dollar bills out. He peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And he walked out and I was left there thinking, what did I just do? Yeah. And 11 years old, trying to think my way through it. Now, remember, I was stubborn. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to need that money. I just committed to that moment that I was going to show him, right? So for 30-some years, I was driving off that spark that was lit. All my life, no matter what happened, I was elevating. I was trying to figure out how can I be the best at sports and school and work and friendships and relationships. Whatever I did, I tried to be the best and be the most valuable. And subconsciously, I was doing this. Two years ago, I did a self-assessment. I'm like, why in my life, no matter what's happening, because I was going through a dark period, why in my life do I keep elevating no matter what happens? Like for normal human beings, things would come their way and slow them down or stop them. I wasn't doing it. I kept elevating. And what I figured out was a powerful formula, which I created a law like John Maxwell has leadership laws. I have the rocket fuel law. I was taking everything that would stop you or slow you down and storing it in my fuel tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh you down. And converted it into <laughs> rocket fuel for my future to become unstoppable. See, if you take everything that stops or slows you down and get rid of it and store it in a fuel tank, there's nothing in your way. And if you can use it as fuel, you propel even further. Once I became aware of this, self awareness is powerful. Yeah, I said, man, and my graph started going on an upward trajectory, even higher, like a rocket ship. And I had to bottle it, so I wrote this book. Which May third, it's available. I don't know when this podcast is airing, but May third, it's available on Amazon. Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. Grant Cardone wrote the forward of the book, told about cool. what rocket fuel means to him and his life. And this is the background that you were asking. This is what it's all about right here, man. This is the formula to become unstoppable in the life of your dreams. And that's my mission,
2: Greg. Very cool, man. Very cool. Great story. Very powerful. I'm curious. You see so many folks who go through hard times like that, You know, whether it be abuse or it be poverty or both in your case. So many folks aren't able to come out of that. Right. Or, or they come out in a way that they don't take it. I don't want to say advantage of it. Right. But they don't make a positive out of it. They, they make more of a negative out of it They take on all those bad habits that they're seeing. Why do you think you were able to kind of take a different approach? Uh,
0: you know, I think it's because of that programming that I was going to be a leader and a leader takes responsibility. Mm-hmm. So to the degree you don't take responsibility, that you give up responsibility, you give up control. And so for me, that formula includes something in that book. It includes understanding that when something bad happens or appears bad, the faster that you can look for opportunity, get rid of the feeling that it happens right here. Most, for me, I, I don't know where everybody else's feeling happens when I have a setback, but I usually feel it right here. I'm like, oh man, the faster you can recognize it, get out of that feeling and look for opportunity, the more powerful you are. And that's that's what it's all about. Most people will dwell in it. Most people look for setbacks and, and things, disappointments and screw ups of their own to blame on why they didn't achieve something versus why they can be successful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I do. I just switched it. And I, I've, I'm i sure, you know, I'm a human being. I've been through periods in my life where I would be play the victim and use it as an excuse, but it didn't last long. And I realized really, very quickly that that's not the way to go. One, to be impactful on this planet and make a difference. And two, to really use the potential that I've been given by our creator to leave a legacy.
2: Yeah, for sure. So you talked a lot about kind of how you have leveraged rocket fuel in your own life. I know you do a lot of coaching and helping others transform their businesses and their lives. How do you convince people to, or I guess, teach them how to do the same in their own lives?
0: Well, first of all, it starts with me. I got to hold myself to a very high standard and then show that, make it apparent through everything that I do because nobody's going to listen to me or follow me if I'm not upholding to my own standards that I'm talking about. At the end of the day, I have to have results. I have to have transformation and that's how it starts. So it starts with me. And then from there, like I have this mission. I have this very clear core mission that all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. So everything I do is filtered through that mission. Everything, thoughts, words, actions, Connections that I make with people. You know, right now I'm in a big thing right now where I'm connecting a bunch of people together to do some amazing things that we have going on. It's like a superpower. And I, I just, it all aligns with that mission.
2: So it starts with you. It starts with um, you kind of showing them the vision, living up to the ideals that you've shown them. I'm, I'm just thinking about if I have a business with a variety of people, I'm struggling. How do I take that idea? and execute it and kind of change my own culture, right? Because I know you work yeah. a lot around the communication and the culture piece. So how can I transform the culture in my organization to take the hard times and leverage it as rocket fuel, if that makes sense?
0: Well, it's not something that happens overnight, but there's, sure. a, there's a thing that basically you go in through stages, right? You go into, most businesses are transactional. They just go do transactions every day. People show up to work, they work their hours, they get paid for their hours. Salespeople come in, they sell something, they get a commission. It's all about transactions. You want to get into a situation where you're in a transition into transformation. So what we like to do is we like to focus on, okay, how can we get out of transactional mode, transition into a transformative experience? Mm. And by doing that, what you do is you create people that come to work and will run through a wall for you and they're working on it based on a mission rather than for a paycheck. And so that's the key to it. So you start off really by having a vision and establishing a clear vision for your company. This is individuals, by the way, too. Like, if you're listening to this and you don't have a company, this this goes for individuals and companies. Clear vision of what you want your company to be, what you want it to look like in the future. Establish core values, clear core values that your company is non-negotiables. And then you make sure you have meetings with your employees and anybody you interview. And make sure you find out what their personal, professional, financial goals are Mm. so that you make sure that they align with your corporation or your business's core values. And in that alignment, magic happens. And then you base everything off of that. Like there's non-negotiables. Like you don't have somebody come in and say, That that core value you have, I don't agree with that. And you should change it to this. You don't listen to that. A lot of a lot of leaders and business owners, with the, the problem they have, first of all, they don't hold themselves accountable to things. They can't even trust themselves to go to the gym regularly. They can't trust themselves to eat properly. They can't trust themselves to read a book, commit to reading a book. They can't trust themselves enough so that they cannot hold other people accountable. That's where it starts. So we always start with ourselves. How can I hold myself to a higher standard? How can I commit to myself? How can I honor my commitments and trust myself? And it starts with little things and you build upon it. And once you can do that, then you can lead other people, but it's very difficult to lead other people when you can't lead yourself. So, you know, it always starts with the individual, the person, the leader. And then from there you can build out so if somebody's in a company, and it, like I said, it's not something that they're just going to listen to this podcast and get. It's something that they got to go deeper with. But it, every single company, it, it can be solved. Every single one. Every problem can be solved. Just needing to know the blueprint to doing it.
2: Yeah, I love that. As we talk about the individual more, I'm curious, what do you think is, or what do you see, I guess, as the biggest thing that holds us back from you know, becoming the greatest version of ourselves?
0: Well, first of all, I think that clarity on what you want out of life. like. Uh-huh. How do you know what to hold yourself accountable to, what to commit to yourself, trust yourself with, if you don't even know where you're going? Mm -hmm. What changed for me, everything changed for me when I got really clear on the life I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, Greg, but when I want something, I go get it and I get it. I don't have situations in my life where I want something and I don't get it. And it's because I, I get real clear on it, then I commit, and then I'm consistent with the actions that go towards it. I don't talk about rocket science often. I talk about rocket fuel, but I like to keep things simple. And my thing to keep things simple is once I have my core mission or core purpose or my ideal life, everything I do goes towards that, not away from it. So everything I'm doing throughout my day, it's just like, okay, does that go towards it or away from it? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to eliminate it. I'm going to stop it. If it's something that goes against it, if it goes towards it, I'm going to do more of it. And if you just do that consistently enough, while you're going through it, most of the time when you're going through and achieving success in life... You don't realize it. It doesn't feel like you're doing it, but then all of a sudden it's like, bang. And you're like, holy cow, I can't even recognize recognize myself or my company.
2: Yeah. I think one of the really hard parts too is, oh, there's a couple of hard parts. Here. One is getting the clear vision. A lot of us fail there, myself included, right? Not really being completely clear on where I want to go, kind of hazy, right? And then even when I think I'm clear on where I want to go, being consistent and getting there, like today, maybe I'm clear on it, but next week, maybe my head is somewhere else. Staying yeah. consistently clear towards that goal is critical and something I certainly struggle with.
0: Well, but you the problem, you know, the problem that you might have in other people is that whatever your clear vision is, when you do get it, it's not big enough. It's not something that you're willing to like run over nails for. Mm. Like when you what I want in my clear vision, man, I will crawl like I'll do a log roll over nails to get to. I want it so bad. Mm-hmm. So you just got to search that out, find out what it is. And, and most of the time, people just aren't thinking big enough. When I went to start my podcast, you know, I have a mortgage division that I run, right? For Mm -hmm. Nations Lending. And we're running a division. We have uh, 30 some employees. It started with just two of us. And I was telling these these employees of mine and my teammates, like, guys, we got to get known. You got to get out there. You got to go in our local market. Realtors need to know about you. Financial advisors need to know about you. Everybody needs to know about you. And I wasn't doing enough myself. Talking about leadership, I wasn't doing enough myself. So I said, you know what? Figured it out. I'm not leading properly because I'm not doing it myself. I need to figure this out. So instead of figuring out how do I get known locally, I started thinking to myself, well, if I get known throughout the state, definitely my town's going to know who I am. Then I thought to myself, well, that's not big enough because you're always going to come up a little short, right? I said, well, Mm -hmm. how about the country? No, not big enough. Globally, if I get known globally, yeah, man, local people are going to know who I am. Then I was like, well, just in case, because I want to go as far as I can. And by the way, just because if you're listening to this and you think I'm crazy, just because you think I'm crazy, it's just because you're not thinking big enough. I want to know if there's, no, nah, I'm not saying I never saw aliens and, and, and I don't know if there's aliens, but I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, if there's aliens, I want them to know who C-Rock is. Then I, then I got it all covered. So I started thinking that way and being obsessed with that. And that changed everything, man.
2: Wow. That's pretty cool. Something that strikes me about you is is your vulnerability, right? Your willingness to share your childhood story, your childhood upbringing, the challenges that you've been through. I'm a big believer in vulnerability being a really powerful tool to connect with others and build relationships. I'd love to get your thoughts on the impact you've seen of vulnerability in your own professional life.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of the key reasons for it is connecting with people that can relate to it without a doubt, because I want people to know who I am and really let them hit them in the heart, man. Let them know like, Hey man, I'm, I'm here to, to help. I've been through that stuff before. And you know, the other thing is, is that when you don't care what people think, but you're more concerned with that experience that I mentioned earlier, you're mm-hmm. more eager and, and willing to share everything. Like I'm an open book, man. I mean, I I'll tell people everything. There's stuff that I've done that, that I've hated myself for when I was 18, I'd never drank alcohol until I got to college. I played football in college, but I, I, never drank. I was so committed to what I wanted to do. And I was so focused. And then I grew up around alcoholics and all that, you know, and I got to college and I saw this world and I was like, girls parties. Wow. Let's go. And that, that became my focus, man. I, I went on a run for five, six, seven years that just like a rock star, man, like partying, hanging out. All I cared about was where the girls, where's the parties. I ended up hating myself. I didn't, I wasn't happy. You know, at first it was fun, but that's not, that's not what matters. Mm -hmm. And so I share that because if anybody's listening, that's younger or going through that, I want people to know that that's not the life and all it takes is recommitting yourself to some different mission or purpose. And once you get focused on that, everything changes. And so, yeah, man, I mean, I just, I want to tell it like it is so the people that are going through the journey themselves can see that you can get to this place or even beyond even having to go through that. And and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. By the way, the reason too is some people are going through adversity right now, Greg. Mm -hmm. And the closer proximity you are to an adversity or setback, the less hope you have, the more emotions, more confusion, more chaos is going on. And for those people, they're not going to get the rocket fuel law. They're not just just not going to get it at that point. What they need right now is hope. They need to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's part of reasons why I go into being vulnerable and transparent with things as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And think about the other side of that coin, right? So say you're dealing with somebody on your team. I'm also really interested in the balance between empathy and performance in the professional space, right? So somebody's having challenges. How do you handle that from an empathy perspective, right? Not just, hey, do this or you're gone, right? It's how do you help them learn and build up from the struggles they're having in a professional context?
0: Well, it always goes back to what are you committed to? Like if you're committed to being the best, you're gonna do what it takes to be the best. If you're committed to other things, like you can have counter commitments. Like, you know, I want to be the best at work, man. I want to sell the most, but I'm also committed to my wife, and my wife happens to be committed to other things and wanting me home all the time, and she's more concerned with that than us being wealthy and and I gotta serve that, and or I'm committed more to hanging out with my buddies and golfing and partying and what are you committed to? That's where we always start Like, What are you committed to? What's your clear vision? What's your ideal life? And then from there, we build off of that. If somebody's committed, like you'll see somebody, because people will lie, by the way, they'll lie. Their emotions will lie. They'll say, I want to be the best. They're committed. They want to do X amount of deals or whatever the case is. But the numbers that they perform, their KPIs, they don't show that. And the numbers, if the data is entered properly, never lie. Mm. So we check commitments based on numbers. And then we're just very clear and transparent with that. Like, this is the deal. I understand that you don't mean to lie. Subconsciously, you're lying. Your emotions are lying. The numbers don't. So what's the story? What are you committed to? And we go back and check the commitments.
2: Interesting. And when you were coming up as as a salesperson in the mortgage business, building the business, you said you started with two people. Is it about massive action? Is it about building connections? Probably both, right? How did you build the business from scratch? Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Well, again, it starts with a vision. Mm
2: -hmm, Like this this
0: works for everything. It's an easy formula for me. (laughs) Clear vision, clear vision, clear, clear, clear vision. And it's got to be big to get you excited, right? That's one. Number two, I use a C's. Clarity, commitment, you commit to it, all out commitment, burn the ship's commitment. And then the, the third C is consistency. You have to have consistency with consistent, massive action towards that target, towards that goal. And if you just do that over and over and over again, without concern, whether it's boring, without concern, whether you're getting to the end result, long as you're hitting short-term targets, you'll get to that. So that's where it stems from. It's C's, three C's, clarity, mm-hmm. commitment, consistency, and then you get the end game, which is the candy.
2: That's another C word. <laughs> I love it. I had the four C. Yeah. And I think you also got to be committed, even, even knowing that at points you're going to hate it, right? Like you're going to hate what you're doing as you're grinding through that process. Consistency.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Do consistency over emotions. If you're looking at a greater than sign, consistency greater than emotions.
2: I love it. You can't trust your emotions, man. They lie. Yeah. No doubt about that. So tell me a little bit about the What Are You Made Of movement and the What Are You Made Of podcast. Well,
0: I started this show because I wanted to share my story and I wanted to get other people on to share their journey to success. I I believe the journey to success is often invisible. People see the success and they don't see what it took to get there. And I want people to come on and share that so that entrepreneurs that are going through startups, just getting into it, have been in it for a while, can see that this is all normal stuff that you're going through. Everybody goes through it. You just need to get clear, committed, and consistent, and you'll get results. And that's the people that have super success- are the ones that are able to do those things. And I wanted to showcase that. I have a library now, of course, where I can go back and refer to things to learn from. Mm-hmm. My team in the mortgage industry, we, once a week, they watch a podcast and they get access to this as well. So I'm providing content for my team. And so, what it's done, though, for me more than anything, is the connections that I made with people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's, it's just phenomenal. The, you you, you experienced it doing 100 episodes. You know, like you make connections with people that you normally wouldn't have had access to. And that for me is more than, more than anything. And then of course, this led to the tech company that we're starting and the tech product that we're launching very soon, blueprinted, very excited about that and very excited about offering opportunities for non-tech entrepreneurs to, that have big ideas in tech that otherwise would go to the grave with it, but have access now to resources to be able to put that into action and create a company. So I'm, I'm just, just elated to where my life has gone
2: because I stayed consistent with my, my actions. Is that what Blueprinted it is? It's uh, allowing non-tech entrepreneurs who have ideas to be able to leverage what they need to be able to execute those ideas.
0: No, so Blueprinted is a product that is part of that incubator, that tech incubator that we've had with Cela Labs. I'm, I uh, joined up with Cela Labs. Jared Yellen created this company. It's just a phenomenal story, but I won't get into that part right now. But I'll get into Blueprinted is our product that we're launching and co-founded with Cela Labs. Okay. And if you think about digital training video courses. They, they don't work. They're not mm-hmm. effective. People that are really good at marketing are making a lot of money on those. The people that aren't good at marketing aren't making money, but the students aren't being successful because less than 20% of them are getting completed. Mm-hmm. If less than 20% of the courses are let, be completed, that means the success rate is a lot lower than that. And that's a problem to me. So I started thinking about this. Well, what could solve that? And what's the problem? If you're going to build a house, would you watch a digital video training platform course on how to build a house? Or would you want the blueprint? Put the blueprint? Right. So the blueprint is a marketplace of project management format blueprints where people that have had success in all different verticals can go into our system and create a blueprint to their success, which is an algorithmic step by step process to their success. What's step one? Okay. After that, do step two. After that, do step three, all the way till you can see the final product. And that's what people need for success and to win. And then people can sell their blueprints to the marketplace. But also, it just provides also maybe a symbiotic relationship to digital training courses. So it's definitely a disruptor in the project management world, the coaching training world. And uh, it's we're about 60 days out from
2: our minimal viable launch. Very cool. Congrats on that. Thank you. So just a couple of quick questions I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. The first one is around the power of conversations. And, and you might have already alluded to maybe a really powerful conversation in your life. But I always like to ask my guests if there's one conversation you can point to that had a really meaningful impact on the direction that you ended up taking.
0: Yeah, you know, the funny thing about the story with uh, my partner, Jared Yellen, who's co-founded Blueprinted with me and he owns CELA Labs. I was doing a lot of repurposing my content from the podcasts that I've been on and my podcast. And then from there, my Instagram blew up. And I started direct messaging people on Instagram, LinkedIn, and just ran into Jared, and he answered one of my direct messages. And then we got to talking and we did an Instagram live together. And then we realized how aligned we are with our mission and our purpose. And we started talking more and we came up with this idea of blueprinted. And we co-founded the company, we were launching it, and we did the business plan of it. And we, our vision down the road is to sell it for multiple billions of dollars mm-hmm. based on the, the, the model. And I would never have had that if I didn't have that conversation and send that direct message and start my podcast and all the decisions that I've made. See, here's the thing, Greg, where you are right now, where I am right now is a direct result of our actions personally, our words, our decisions that we made or didn't make, our actions that we did or didn't take. That got us here. And until people take responsibility for that, they have no control over their life. And once you do, you realize that your future is going to be determined on everything you do from this point forward. So you can create your own future. Most people let their life happen to them. And uh, so this is something that's been uh, on my mind a lot. And I'm trying to get this out to people to realize that take control right now for your life and for your future.
2: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I'd even apply the same to conversations and communication. You know, you have a lot of control over where your conversations go if you're preparing and thinking about them and what your objective is versus most people just let them happen to them, right? And they end up where they end up from a conversation perspective. It's interesting. So second question for you, if you think about all that you've accomplished so far, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance that would have made it a lot easier, what would that have been?
0: I would say not worrying about the end result, not worrying about what people think, but how they how you are experienced, as I mentioned before. That's the mm-hmm. most powerful thing. Because at the end of the day, some people will not go out and talk to people, they won't reach out to people because they're worried about rejection. But once you stop worrying about what people think, you stop worrying about rejection. And also if you have enough of something, which is, I don't like the word enough, but if you have a lot of something, you don't worry about rejection and disappointment. So I think that and quantity of connections, like doing a lot Mm -hmm. of it, if you do a lot of it, who cares what people think, man, you're going to have enough people to pick and choose who you want to hang out with.
2: For sure. Sure. And then last question, either alive or dead. You can just know of them or know of them, right? Personally, or, or just know that they exist. Who's the best communicator that you know and why? Wow.
0: Best communicator. That's a great question. I saw that earlier, but I, I, I man, you know, who's really good is, I hate to say Grant all the time. But Grant Cardone is a great communicator. People don't realize the effectiveness that he has. He has this ability when he's on stage to actually see everything from a different point of view. I don't know if you've noticed that or if you follow him at all, but yeah. And I've been live and watched him, but he's he's very good at having what what I would call an omni focus view rather than individual focus. Omni focus being able to see the whole playing field as it's going on, and being able to judge their, the the audience and understand like where they are with things, so that he knows how to present to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very powerful. I pay attention to that kind of stuff because I like to lo- learn that myself when I'm communicating, watching the people that I'm talking to. Because here's the thing, when somebody's down, like their emotions are down, they're not feeling right, it's not going to help for you to come in all high powered and fired up because they're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so you got to pay attention to this stuff and it works individually one-on-one, but it also works with a crowd of people. The crowd has an emotional tone too that, that you got to pay attention to. Yeah. So I think I would say him.
2: Yeah, and he's obviously great at getting his message across and his brand across, and 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 everything that he stands for. So I think it's a great answer. So final final question: Where can folks find you at?
0: The best place is uh, Instagram, probably or LinkedIn. Mikey C Rock on Instagram. Uh, I answer my DMs. Um, I love communicating and engaging with people. So how do we get in touch? By the way, was it?
2: LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I think it was LinkedIn LinkedIn. we got connected on. That's an
0: example. We wouldn't have talked if I wasn't doing that stuff on LinkedIn. So
2: yeah, and if I wasn't doing a podcast, for sure we wouldn't have chatted. Exactly. And the podcast is what are you made of, right? Yeah, what are you made of? It's on uh, all the
0: major podcast platforms and on my YouTube channel, Mike C Rock. And the book Rocket
2: Fuel coming out. Did you say May fifth?
0: May fourth. It'll be available on Amazon for purchase. And uh, yes, it's uh, ready to roll, dude. Finally, I just got that first copy by the way last week. So.
2: That's got to be an exciting moment, right? You got to be fired up when you get that. Very valuable. Copy number one. (laughs) Frame that bad boy. I don't know what you do with the first book of that (laughs) song. But man, we really appreciate it. Tremendous stuff. I've experienced you. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's that's been nice. it, it's been a powerful experience. I uh, just learned a lot about kind of, because I've definitely had my own challenging times, right? And learning how to think about those in a way that's going to motivate me. And my other big takeaway is clarity, man. I got to have clarity on where I'm going and I got to be consistent in getting there. Yep. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that message with me and my audience. And and
1: yeah, I hope you have a great day.
0: Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it, man.
1: Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life, and that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.